0: And I always do mention this when we're talking about red light therapy, because we have all these devices, you know, they're kind of starting to come out everywhere. You know, there's panels, there's there's handheld devices, there's face masks and all that good stuff. By and large, these devices would not be necessary if we were getting uh, consistent sun exposure. It's because of this malillumination. It's because of this uh, uh, new lifestyle we've adopted um, where, where we're not getting enough full spectrum sunlight that these red light devices are kind of necessary because of our our new lifestyle and and the argument could be made well the concentration of red light and the concentration of near-infrared light is much greater than you'll ever get from the sun so if you're trying to treat some types of deep pain or if you're trying to treat some mental health issues you know in the brain these devices are probably going to be a little more effective than the sunlight but i guess by and large my point is Get outside when you can, and especially watch that morning sunrise because that's where you're going to get that highest ratio of red, uh, red and in near infrared light.
1: Hey, friends, welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're diving into a modern therapy that is recreating the way that nature helps us build energy. You may have already guessed it. It's red light therapy. So in this conversation, I get to sit down with Dr. Mike Bukowski and talk about red light. He's an expert in this space. He's built a practice, a product line, and has an incredible educational platform that teaches us all about the effective ways to use red light therapy. What I learned in this conversation is that light holds so much more value than I ever thought possible. And in a world where we're dialed into screens and an indoor lifestyle, it's really no wonder that we're energy deficient. We also talk about things like sunglasses and how it's impacting your eye health and your brain health. We talk about red light and your oral microbiome. We even talk about using near infrared for brain health and what that means for your cognitive function and ability. So I'm really excited to share this conversation with you. It opened my eyes to so many possibilities for red light in my own life. I know that you are going to love it just as much. So, with that being said, let's get into today's episode.
0: Thanks for the introduction. Appreciate it. And super happy to be here and just educate your audience on red light therapy because the more people that can just know about red light therapy and its potential applications, the better. That's really one of my main drives other than you know running a company that quote unquote sells products my passion really is educating the masses so more and more people can just know about it and utilize it correctly so just a little background on myself like you mentioned I'm a I'm a physical therapist got my doctorate in 2016 and had zero intentions of starting any businesses or companies at that time but took a job locally at a pro, uh, at a outpatient practice and within a couple of months was pretty disgruntled with a how I was being utilized and part of that is was B. Uh, the insurance companies more or less dictate how you treat patients in, in the allopathic model. Meaning, uh, you'll get reimbursed for treatments A and B, even though I know C and D treatments may be more effective and efficacious. C and D treatments might not get reimbursed as well or at all. So, of course, uh, the boss is going to tell you to utilize treatments A and B because you're going to get reimbursed. And when you have a practice, you kind of run on money. So. Long story short, I was disgruntled with, with with this system more or less. I wanted to treat patients how I saw uh, most effectively and most efficaciously, which I wasn't able to do under that paradigm. So within again, within a couple of months, I left that job and decided to start my own cash-based PT practice, meaning by doing cash-based, I'm not dealing with insurances, and, and thus I can treat my patients how I see fit. Uh, with that being said... In the city I had my practice, Missoula, Montana, it's a very, very PT practice dense city. So I knew I had to kind of set myself apart, not just for the sake of doing that, but also uh, providing efficacious treatments to my patients. I quickly became known for an expert in uh, uh, dry needling. And Dr. Motley and I cover this in in my podcast with him uh, when I interviewed him last year. But dry needling is extremely effective for for reducing pain. Uh, It improves circulation and reduces inflammation basically instantaneously when you're doing the dry needling. But then I also adopted other alternative or, or, or holistic treatments such as cupping, blood flow restriction training, hyperbaric oxygen. And then it was along this process, and this is over the course of a couple of years, it was along this process of learning about these holistic treatments that I came upon red light therapy because... I I like to read, get a lot of books off Amazon. And one of the recommendations, time and time again, was this book by Ari Witten, which is probably the most well known book The Ultimate Guide to Red Light Therapy. Extremely popular, well written. And and so the first third or so of this book goes into the mechanisms of action as far as how red light therapy works. And right away, there was like an aha moment for me because of uh, two of the mechanisms, which is, again, improving circulation. Reducing or modulating inflammation uh, was similar to dry needling, and after utilizing dry needling for a couple of years, and, and with dry needling, you can reduce virtually all types of pain. It can be acute, it can be chronic, and we're talking like someone can walk in with nine or ten out of ten lower back, uh, chronic lower back pain, and it can be reduced by fifty, really to close to one hundred percent within one session, let alone a couple of sessions. And so, just just having this background in dry needling, knowing how powerful it was and then seeing that red light therapy has a couple of the similar mechanisms of action, I'm like, whoa, uh, this, this is almost too good to be true. And then the cherry on top, which we'll cover, I'm sure, is improving mitochondrial health with red light therapy. Um, so back to the book, the first third is about the mechanisms, and then the second two-thirds or, or so is about the, the research backing red light therapy. So it's not just this hocus-pocus pie-in-the-sky treatment that seems to be able to help with everything, but there's research backing it and so when you understand how and why red light therapy treats the root cause, which is the mitochondria, then you can understand how it can treat all these different things, from skin health to thyroid health to sleep, to athletic performance, to uh, mental health to woman's health. And, and it's a relatively endless list of things it can help with. And there's 10,000-plus uh, uh, peer-reviewed articles back in different ways that photobiomodulation, the scientific term, can help um, heal you. And so, reading that book was like a light bulb, kind of pun intended. And so, I went to see what the market had to offer as far as products. And, and what I saw was either these very expensive products that I don't know if they necessarily justified the price. And then you had really cheap products. And typically, when it gets that cheap, you kind of get what you pay for. So, so it seemed to me if someone could step in and provide a high quality, uh, high quality product with, with a more affordable price. But maybe even more importantly, and like I kind of started the the podcast here, if someone could step in and provide some high quality information and, and education, even at that point, and we're talking early 2019 when I when I started BioLite, uh, there wasn't a lot of great information. It was a lot of the same rehashed couple pieces of research and like, hey, use, use this device for 20 to 30 minutes every single day. And at this point, that's outdated advice because... I would consider that over-treatment, depending on what device you're using, but we can get into that as well. So long story short, I started BioLite kind of as a hobby because I, I, I was treating my patients full-time at my, at my solo practice, and it got to the point where um, the interest and, and the time and energy um, in, intensiveness in BioLite continued to grow, 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 where I started, have to, started having to treat patients less, less, and less to the point where we are now today I'm running BioLite full time and not treating patients um, nearly at all. But even the the small amount of time I did use red light therapy on my patients, there were some pretty awesome responses. But of course, I was using it in tandem with things like uh, dry needling and and cupping. And so there's a lot of synergistic response there. Uh, But even even things where people weren't seeing me as a physical therapist per se, they were dealing with chronic hives or, or other chronic conditions that I wasn't treating as a physical therapist. Uh, we had them start utilizing red light therapy on their own, and things they'd been dealing with for years, if not a decade plus, disappeared. So there's a lot of those type of anecdotal responses or stories, so to speak, that really puts the proof in the pudding for red light therapy. And I could go on and on and on, but I'll, I'll allow you to ask some questions and kind of steer the conversation from there.
1: Yeah, this is a really fascinating conversation because red light therapy, initially, it was one of those therapies where you thought, okay it maybe applies to people that maybe have something skin related, or maybe it's, it's pain. So maybe it's somebody like you were seeing that was a patient is coming in and like, they either have a wound or they have something that's, you know, maybe they're rehabbing from a surgery. So, you know, not only do they have the trauma to a specific site on the body, but they've got inflammation surrounding that. And that, in that way that red light might be appropriate. Uh, But I'm interested in the conversation around things like, Female hormones and mitochondria, because this is this is a topic of conversation in the natural health space. It's how do we restore energy to the body? Because that allows the healing really to take place. Like that's the root of the root. You know, it's like yep. we can we can handle the superficial stuff and maybe get marginal improvements. But if we can really start to restore energy on a cellular level, then we now just augment the body's natural ability to do what it's designed to do. So Maybe if you could talk about what that looks like on an energy perspective, how red light actually works on the mitochondria of the cell.
0: Yeah. So we're we're going to take a deep dive here. So buckle up. <laughs> but it's a good question because this is how you understand how red light therapy works and how, how it can treat so many different things. Uh, but to your point, it is treating like the ultimate root cause being the mitochondria and the mitochondria are so important. Colloquially, they're known as the powerhouse of the cells, which is true, but they're much more than that. In a quick snapshot, the mitochondria produce upwards of 95% of all of the energy in our body, all all the ATP that's produced in our body. When your mitochondria are not producing enough energy, we consider them dysfunctional or dysfunctional mitochondria. And and if we kind of look or take a quick review uh, of biology, we can say that mitochondria, there there can be hundreds, there can be thousands, sometimes tens of thousands. And in the egg, female egg, there's hundreds of thousands of mitochondria per cell. And so when you have one or two dysfunctional mitochondria, not a big deal, but when there becomes too many dysfunctional mitochondria, then you have a dysfunctional cell. Again, a couple of cells that, you know, aren't operating optimally, you know, that's not a huge deal. Uh, your your body can navigate that. But again, when there's too many dysfunctional cells, then you're going to have a dysfunctional tissue. And it's around this dysfunctional tissue area that we start seeing these diagnoses, whether it's a, a cancer disease, what have you, illness. But again, we have too many dysfunctional tissues. Now you have a dysfunctional organ. And much beyond this, if you have too many dysfunctional organs, you're going to have a dysfunctional system like the, the nervous system or cardiovascular system. That's, uh, you have too many dysfunctional systems you're looking at death essentially but if we backtrack it all the way to the beginning it's the dysfunctional mitochondria or another way to look at it is the more functional you can keep your mitochondria systemically uh, the more you're going to mitigate or stave off any type of illness or or disease or cancer but to your point it all comes back to the the root cause of all root causes which is the mitochondria and so from a from a bioenergetic perspective the top mitochondrial researcher uh, in the world, Dr. Doug Wallace, and, and he's done mitochondrial research for four plus decades. At this point, after doing his researching and scouring what else is out there, he has surmised that the more energy you have per cell, the less disease you have. So said another way, uh, the less energy you have per cell, or or the less ATP or mitochondria is producing per cell the more disease you're going to have. Energy is anti-aging. The less energy you have, the quicker you age. I mean, there's a lot of different ways we can say this, but the point being, keeping your mitochondria healthy and producing energy on a normal level is exceptionally important. And, And it's just kind of interesting to note that we all get our mitochondria maternally. So they're all handed down the female side. So you got your mitochondria from your mom, she got it from her mom, Um, So you can kind of look down your lineage of of females to get a somewhat decent perspective of your potential for longevity. You know, how long um, is your mom still alive? You know, how long did your grandma live? Is she still alive? How about your great grandma? You can get a decent uh, snapshot of your potential for longevity based on their mitochondrial health. That, That begs the question, you know, we're talking about the mitochondria, great, you know, what does this have to do with light? Well, it just so happens that the mitochondria have... A, a photo acceptor or a chromophore called cytochrome C oxidase, which specifically responds to red and near infrared light. And so, when, whenever someone says red light therapy, or we're talking about red light therapy, it encompasses both red and near infrared light because they do the exact same thing, uh, just at different depths in the body. So, red light treats primarily and only the, the skin, it doesn't penetrate any deeper. Because there's a shorter wavelength compared to uh, the infrared especially um, the mid and far infrared of infrared saunas which we can get into so red treats the skin and if you want to treat anything deeper than the skin you must integrate near infrared it penetrates depending on what research you look at you know an inch to an inch and a half into the body so anytime you're treating muscles or or joints bones tendons organs uh, you must use near infrared so again the the chromophore cytochrome C oxidase gets excited by this red in the near infrared light. We live in a world where, well, let's step back even further. As, as you know, and your audience knows, the sun was revered by many civil, civilizations and many peoples, but we've actually flipped the script on that. And not only do we not revere the sun, we actually demonize it. It's like do what you can to protect yourself from the sun, you know, slap on as many clothes and sunscreen and sunglasses as you can, like be aware of the sun. And that's primarily because of the UV rays and and the potential harm that can cause your skin. But there's so much nutrition and there's so much health to be had by consistent sun exposure. Uh, We could have an entire podcast just talking about that. Uh, But my point being, civilizations used to revere the sun, but now here we are. In this world where we're constantly indoors, rarely outdoors. So now we're in the state of malillumination, is what it's been coined, where instead of being outside, you know, like the farmers of even 100, 150 years ago, we're inside out of the sun under fluorescent, you know, non native fake lights. So in essence, we're sending our cells and our biology uh, a completely different message than evolution has given it over millions and millions, if not billions of years if we're talking about the cells and the bacteria in our body. So, so as far as the root cause for a lot of health maladies and diseases and, and cancers, we can simply look at our light environment and how uh, much we've screwed that up. And so, like I mentioned before, a lot of indoor time, a lot of, or not a lot of outdoor time. But on top of that, this is another part of malillumination. We're surrounding ourselves by blue-lit technology, especially at night when you know, according to the circadian code or the circadian rhythm, our, our body should be winding down, our melatonin production should be going up. But when we surround ourselves by these blue-lit screens like cell phones and tablets and computers and TVs, we're sending the signal to ourselves that it's, it's uh, the middle of the afternoon. It's like we should be aroused. So the cortisol ramps up, which inherently inhibits melatonin production. And again, we could have a whole other podcast on you know, the health ramifications of healthy circadian rhythm or or a dysfunctional circadian rhythm. But my point being, when you're not getting outside on a consistent basis, you're not getting the full spectrum sunlight. And part of that full spectrum sunlight is red and near infrared light. So then kind of coming back to the conversation at hand, you know, how does red light therapy work? Well, it excites the cytochrome C oxidase. But the point being, when you're not getting exposed to red and near infrared light, the cytochrome C oxidase does not get excited. And that's important because typically there's a nitric oxide that kind of sits on the cytochrome C oxidase. And when it's not excited, it does not dissociate. And when it does not dissociate, oxygen cannot get into the mitochondria, which when oxygen can get in normally, that's a nice uh, normalization of, of ATP production. But again, when there's not that that red and near infrared light exposure, the nitric oxide sits there, disallows oxygen from getting in, and decreases ATP production in that mitochondria. So when you're getting exposed to the sun or you're getting exposed to these red light therapy devices, then that nitric oxide dissociates from the cytochrome C oxidase. A, that dissociation of nitric oxide, you get NO in the blood, So you have that nice vasodilation, that's where you get that nice pro-circulatory benefit of red light therapy. But then secondly, like I spoke about with that dissociation, now oxygen can get in and we can kind of dig a little deeper into the electron transport chain if you want. But the oxygen in allows for that nice ATP production. And like we've discussed, it's all about ATP production. It's all about energy production for for your cells, health, and down the the line, like we're talking about tissues and organs and, and systems. I mean, and you can have a healthy diet, but if you're mal-illuminated, that diet's only going to take you so far. And some people might say this is kind of out there, but your light environment may be as important or more important than your nutrition. And for your audience to take an even deeper dive into the side of things, I'd recommend they listen to Dr. Jack Cruz, who he doesn't have his own podcast, I don't think, but he's interviewed and he has his own blog, and like he—he's the guy that's really connected the dots for the implications for health, water, and magnetism, and and the impact they have on our health. He's an, not an advocate of nutrition, but I'm not trying to poo-poo on anything. I'm just trying to paint a different perspective here: the importance of light, the importance of water, the importance of magnetism, whether that's grounding to the earth or finding ways to get away from Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, 5G, and all that stuff, because. Because of the detriment that has on your cells, and I always do mention this when we're talking about red light therapy, because we have all these devices. You know, they're kind of starting to come out everywhere. You know, there's panels, there's there's handheld devices, there's face masks, and all that good stuff. By and large, these devices would not be necessary if we were getting uh, consistent sun exposure. It's because of this malillumination. It's because of this uh, uh, new lifestyle we've adopted, um, where, where we're not getting enough full spectrum sunlight that these red light devices are kind of necessary because of our our new lifestyle. And and the argument could be made, well, the concentration of red light and the concentration of near infrared light is much greater than you'll ever get from the sun. So if you're trying to treat some types of deep pain, or if you're trying to treat some mental health issues, you know, in the brain, these devices are probably going to be a little more effective than the sunlight. But I guess by and large, my point is, get outside when you can and especially watch that morning sunrise because that's where you're going to get that highest ratio of red uh red and in near infrared light uh, during the day but yeah yeah that's that's my diatribe for the moment
1: this is great I think that we've kind of identified two things here one is that there there is a shift in the lifestyle I mean we, we see people all the time like Sitting is the new, you know, cigarette or something. Like right. the, it's the lack of movement, right? The, it's the stagnation in our bodies. But we're also getting all of this blue light. We're addicted to devices. There's dirty electricity, EMF, all of these things. But I think that there's something else going on here too, which is we've demonized the sun. So we have not only do we have, you know, the influence of blue light, a sedentary lifestyle, and we're inside. We're not exposing our bodies to the sun. We've now conditioned people or led people to believe the medical community has in large part that conventional medical community, that the sun is going to give you cancer and the sun is the problem, stay away from the sun. I have seen more women on social media that are in the space of like natural beauty and like no offense to them or anything, but they will cover up every part of their body because they're like, oh, I don't want to age. I don't want age spots. I'll cover my hands when I drive. I, I wear a face shield. Like I do all of these things. And I just think like, oh my gosh, no, your body's literally not getting any sun exposure ever because you just don't want your skin cells to, you know, be damaged. But so I, I just like, I would love for you to, maybe provide some redirection in this because we've gone to such an extreme, like what is the connection? You know, if sunlight is helping our bodies build, build healthy cells. Then what is the, what is the breaking point or the tipping point where we're saying, okay, the sun's actually the problem. It's creating oxidative damage. It's creating tough, you know, a, a, a an environment in which, you know, cancer or tumor growth is possible. So maybe, can you just like, bridge that gap because I know that there's going to be questions around like, okay, well, how much is too much? You know, if I get sun at only early morning or, you know, what's a sunburn, all of that, I guess, like, let's just go there.
0: <laughs> I would say even as big as, you know, covering your skin is, I'd say sunglasses may be even a bigger issue because the, your eyes are the window to your central nervous system. The downstream effects of not getting the signals of light, especially UV light, into your eyes, to your suprachiasmatic nucleus, and then down to your thalamus, hypothalamus, and your the rest of your central nervous system. The, the cascade of events that should happen, and we're talking about all aspects of health: your hormone, your cardiovascular system. Was at the beginning of this year? Yeah, I think it was January of this year. I did like three or four episodes where I I did a deep dive into all of the ways that your health is altered by by sun entering your eyes and and this book is from the early night or most of the research is from the early 1900s late 1800s but it looks at what happens when light normally enters your eye and the, the cascade of events that happen for a healthy body but then what happens if you are partially blind or you have a lens that is foggy or people that are blind or People with healthy vision that then go into caves for an extended period of time. Like, what does that do to your circadian rhythm? What does that do to your biology? Uh, mind blowing what the implications are. And again, this research is from a hundred to uh you know 70, 50 years ago. Uh, so it's not new, it's out there. And for whatever reason, we have chosen to ignore it or, or bury it. I would say sunglasses may be even a bigger deal because by covering your eyes and not allowing your pupil to dilate or or constrict as it normally should within the sunlight and taking in those uv rays that actually has a negative consequence for your skin and it allows you to have skin sunburns i should say easier or quicker it's because of the sunglasses almost as much as it is from your body being conditioned to be being covered up but as far as being exposed to sunlight And again, back to Dr. Jack Cruz, because this is where I learned a lot of uh, stuff, this side of um, things, you can build up what he would call your solar callus. So over time, if you get exposed to sunlight, you can build it up over the course of weeks, over the course of months, to the point where you can be outside for hours without getting a urethemic response. And that urethemic response, meaning turning a little bit of red, is like the step before you start getting that sunburn. It's that sunburn, which is related to, to skin cancers and, and, and whatnot. Um, But even then, if you were able to build up your solar callus, you still wouldn't want to be outside for hours and hours on end, you know, between like 10 and three or or 10 and two, where, where the UV is most intense. I mean, there is still damage to be had from, from UV light. Uh, But the point being, and like, to your point, I know people that, and it was actually someone I interviewed on my podcast, they they put on sunscreen every day. That's just like part of their skincare routine is you slather on sunscreen because you know you don't want to get you know the aging skin. It's kind of a tough paradigm to break because, like you said, we've been conditioned, whether it's through the 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 medical field or through marketing, that you know, we need to stay out of the sun, we need to protect, protect ourselves from the sun. But if you look at the science, if you And in the sunglasses too, I know everyone gets, gets, and I didn't know or consider any of this until I got into red light therapy. So I was the same way up until around 2019, 2020. So really it's only been the last couple of years where I've had to completely uh, shift my mindset around the sun. I live up in Montana. So it's not like we get the sun, like, like, especially this time of the year, there's a lot of overcast and, and that, that actually brings up a point of seasonality with red light therapy uh, as far as applications for red light therapy, I don't use red light therapy that much during the summer because I'm outside mm-hmm. trying to get as much sun exposure on my skin, my shirts off, I'm grounding, you know, I'll do business calls or I'll, I'll uh, you know, work on social media while I'm outside, just walking around in the grass with my shirt off as much as I can during the late fall to early spring. When we get close to no sun, then I'm doing much more red light therapy to kind of counter Uh, the lack of sunlight I'm getting up here in Montana. So depending on where you live, that could be a decent strategy as well to have some seasonality with your red light therapy, just like you would have seasonality with your diet, hopefully based on where you live.
1: Hey guys, it's Court. All right, listen, contrary to popular opinion, you do not have to reach for the medicine cabinet every time you have an ailment. Trust me, I've tried every approach, everything from conventional medicine to the latest health fads, and I found that the solution for truly optimizing health is a personalized, time-tested protocol of ancient medicine. So over the last two years, myself, along with Dr. Axe, Dr. Motley, and other leading experts have crafted this new Ancient Remedies Healing at Home program. That way we can teach you the powerful approach and helping your family heal in your own home. This course and community will equip you to treat over 45 conditions, things like boosting immunity, improving digestion, balancing hormones, and increasing your vitality with natural age old healing practices. So if you're tired of relying on a pill for every ill, and you're ready to transform your health and the health of your family, click the link in our show notes. You can get 20% off this amazing course. I know you're going to love it. It's helped my family in so many ways. Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy the rest of the podcast it brings up a good question with red light therapy. How, what's the best application if we're talking about, you know, getting those helpful near and far infrared, um, uh, therapy that, you know, we would otherwise be getting from the sun. What does that look like for you? Is it a whole body exposure? Is it, you know, we could go down the whole, uh, cascade of like all the different, you know, types and things like that. And you'll hear people say like, oh, just get it on your face. Or so maybe explain to us, is, are there certain parts of your body that absorb sun? Like the eye connection was really fascinating to me because I definitely, you know, I, I do try and like, especially in the morning, not wear sunglasses and things like that. Um, but that is really interesting. I never thought about the eyes being kind of a window, especially into the brain and all the neurotransmitters and all these things that are connected to our mood. I mean, it's crazy to me, but I would love to know what your regimen is, what you think is most applicable for somebody that maybe isn't getting as much daylight right now or exposure to it, what's the best way to do that using a red light?
0: Yeah, great question. Whenever I'm asked, um, you know, like, what device should I buy? You know, what size or, you know, how can I use it? I always say in actually the, the episode I just released yesterday, it was another kind of feather in the cap for full body red light therapy. I know it's, typically is more expensive but if you're going to be invested in this technology and you see yourself using it on a consistent basis going forward and you believe in the the countless health benefits that red light therapy can provide you from a health and wellness and longevity perspective it is money well well spent and the reason I say full body is because then your your entire body systemically is getting the benefits of kind of the three you know big pillars of red light therapy which is again the reduced or modulated inflammation improve circulation and augmented or optimized mitochondrial health. So getting that systemically on a consistent basis, that doesn't mean daily, and we can get into that in a moment. But getting that again on a consistent basis is going to uh, reap a lot of benefits in the short term, and especially the long term. Because you can use red light therapy for one thing, maybe doing some wound healing or improving skin health, but you'll also improve other things you didn't think you would necessarily need or just, you know, boost the health of, of different organs or, or tissues that you might not have even intended, such as hair health or eye health. You know, you might go into treating your face for, for anti-aging, but then all of a sudden, you know, like a 50 year old woman, all of a sudden her, her eyesight's improving or or, you know, something like that. But again, full body when in doubt. Some of the things I'll do essentially every week or every other week, I should say just on a semi consistent basis, regardless of the season is one is my brain so i'll take something like a handheld device like the shine here and i'll treat the frontal lobe of my brain for about 10 minutes with near infrared only because the frontal lobe is where we have issues with with mental health when things get vasoconstricted in the brain um meaning poor circulation poor oxygenation to the frontal lobe decreased energy in that frontal lobe because of the mitochondria uh, let alone any inflammation. That's where we're going to see stress and anxiety and depression and things of that nature. And, and also, even if you have a quote-unquote healthy brain and you're doing this red light therapy to the brain, you can op- optimize your your cognition. Um, so you can actually precondition your brain. Let's say you have a big test or a big meeting or a big uh, presentation, you can precondition your brain You know, about 30 to 60 minutes before that event, and you can you know, again, increase your your cognitive capabilities. So, so I'll do that on a semi-consistent basis just to keep my brain healthy, you know, help reduce stress and, and and stave off any of those anxiety or depressive symptoms. And then the second one I'll do is same device or you can use a slightly bigger device and I'll treat my gut. Uh, you can use red and near infrared or near infrared only. The research kind of uses both you wouldn't want to use red light only because again, that only treats the skin. You want to get to the to the gut. So you want to incorporate near infrared. And same thing about 10 minutes. And with a device like that, I'll just uh, scan the entire gut. So I'll just slowly move it around to different sections of my gut over the course of that 10 minutes. And the research with gut health is maybe one of the more exciting parts of red light therapy right now because not only can you improve the ratio of let's say good bacteria or beneficial bacteria to harmful bacteria, so you're improving that ratio, which of course leads to improved gut health, uh, reduce inflammation in the gut, all that good stuff. but you have the gut brain axis where they've done research where they only treat the gut and they're seeing a reduction in uh, symptoms of like dementia or parkinson's, um, again, without touching the brain just because of that gut brain axis. so that's pretty powerful. Um, so I do that on a semi-consistent basis and then Thirdly, with, uh, of course, I'll use like an oral specific device, but I'll treat my oral cavity multiple times per week. You know, with, with the brain and with the gut, I'll do that maybe once a week or so, because it really doesn't take much to get a benefit, especially if you're already more or less healthy. With the oral device, I'll use that again a couple of times a week. Just like the gut microbiome, our oral microbiome can see the same benefits, where again, you see that improved ratio of, of beneficial to harmful bacteria. So you're improving. The oral microbiome. And if you talk, I'm sure if Chris was here, he could advocate for this. But if you also spoke to a holistic dentist or or a biological dentist, I mean they could run you down the laundry list of ways that your oral cavity and its health impacts every system in your body. So by by optimizing my oral cavity, you know, with red light therapy, I feel like I'm doing something good for my entire body. So that seems like a something very simple to potentially have a big impact on my health. Interestingly, I just went to the dentist recently, hadn't seen them for a while, uh, but they were commenting on my gum health. It's like, whatever you're doing at home, you know, keep on doing it because like your gums are looking really good. So that was kind of good to get that feedback since yeah. using red light therapy in my mouth. So those are the three big ones for me. Again, the brain, the gut, oral cavity on a consistent basis. And then, of course, full body red light therapy on a consistent basis as well. And by consistent, again, I'm saying a couple of times per week like if I were to do a full body treatment, two to three times is more than enough if you're doing that on a consistent basis just for general health and wellness. If you're trying to treat something specific, then that might take a more specific protocol. And that's why I think I've developed it over the last year, year and a half, uh, what I call the Red Light Therapy Treatment Protocols ebook, where the first part of the ebook, there's a lot of juicy information on red light therapy, just good principles to know a lot of what we've talked about here, but then the the rest of the book is information research, and then probably most importantly, treatment protocols. So if you want to treat uh, your skin or your eyes or your thyroid or your gut or athletic performance, I think there's uh, two to three dozen protocols I've developed that are all based on the research. So if you do have a device, you know what distance you should be from it. You know how long the treatment you should be. You know which lights to use. You know how many times per week you should use it. So that's really the first of its kind, and again, it was back to when I uh, founded Biolight, where I saw that there's this massive gap of uh, education or a lack of education in, in the space. That, as I was reading through the research to find stuff, you know, to put on the Biolight website at that time, it's like, you know, holy cow, uh, people are given this general, you know, use red light therapy twenty to thirty minutes every day. But as I read the research, it's like that's that's not a good suggestion, especially if you're trying to treat something specifically. A, that's probably over-treating if you're getting one of these panels with a higher light irradiance. 20 to 30 minutes is a lot. I would say like a 10-minute treatment is, is more than enough with, with these high power panels. And that kind of brings us to a topic, and I was thinking about this when I was telling you about the ebook. book uh, One of the main principles of red light therapy is what's called a biphasic dose response. And this is why I har- harp on the, the more is not better trained when it comes to red light therapy. So, so the biophasic dose response, it, it's like a bell curve where on the far left of the bell curve, if your dosage is too low, meaning you're, you're not getting enough light energy, enough joules of energy, well, you're not going to see an effect. You're not going to see a benefit from that treatment session. But on the, on the, far, on the opposite side, on the, on the right side of that bell curve is where your dosage is too high. You're absorbing too much light energy that you're absorbing too many jewels of light energy. And that's where I think most people are or can get in the mindset of, especially with, with that old suggestion of you know 20 to 30 minutes every day. I think people are overtreating. And thankfully, red light therapy is extremely safe. It's, it's non-invasive, non-pharmacological, and there's no contraindications according to the research, which is amazing. And so my point being, even if you over-treat, there are no negative side effects, unless it's one of your first times using red light therapy, you may get some detox symptoms like a malaise or headache or maybe even nausea, but even that's pretty rare. If you over-treat, the worst thing that happens is you don't get the results you're looking for. And so that's why I harp on the more is not better because it's like, well, shoot, I, I got these awesome, you know, this awesome pain relief with 10 minutes. Uh, once a day, maybe I should do ten minutes twice a day, and maybe I'll get better better results. But that's simply not the case. And actually, less from our minds less is actually probably more effective. And so that's why I'm saying if you're doing full body two to three times a week, that's ample amounts of of light energy to to see the health uh, the the health benefits you're looking for.
1: That's, uh, that's really interesting. And in the natural space, I think sometimes we think because, oh, this is just, it's a natural product. Like I'm probably going to need a lot more of it (laughs) for it to be effective because I've taken a lot of things and, you know, this isn't going to hold up to the prescription that I had. Like, I just, I probably need to like mega dose on it to actually feel the effects, but that's not necessarily true. So that's a really good point that you, that you bring up. And, and, you know, one of my questions too, about, um, the frequency and, and that it's not something that you've got to be doing. Cause sometimes when we start hearing and learning more about these therapies, it's like, Oh gosh, okay. I've got, I didn't need to add that to my regimen. Like I'm gonna have to carve out another 10 minutes and make sure, you know, once I do my tongue scraping and then my coconut oil pulling, and then I'll do my red light therapy and then I'll sit in a sauna. And it's like, I mean, nobody has time to do anything else by the time we take care of ourselves, (laughs) because we're trying to dodge all the bullets of modern day life. But I think, like you said, use it seasonally, use it when it's appropriate. And one of the things I feel led to even ask you, because I feel that stories are so powerful. What is it that you feel like, or what is it that you have seen that red light has just been the missing link to the puzzle for somebody where it was enough to be, to, to create considerable change for somebody's health outcomes? I know you've worked with a lot of people and you're obviously incredibly knowledgeable in this space. So I believe there's probably some stories where you're like, I, cause I think people need to realize like this kind of stuff is out there. You one have to learn it and then you have to know when it's appropriate, but also believing that, Hey, this stuff actually works. Like it's, this is, these are real therapies that are really start. It's taking what nature has already provided and kind of giving it to us in a supercharged way. That's helps our body heal. Because let's be honest, we're living in a world where our bodies are up against a lot of things that they never used to. Like we think, oh, well, you know, we'll just live our lives the way they did 300 years ago. Well, 300 years ago, we d- they didn't have all the toxins and the glyphosate and the EMFs and, you know, all the different chemicals that are sprayed on everything. So we do really have to go above and beyond. I feel like to help our bodies, you know, and then on top of it living inside and it's just, yeah. So I could go down the rabbit trail, but you know, is there a story, a person, something that you, that is just very present or in the forefront of your mind that you're like, man, I'll never forget that because that was just like an incredible transformation and healing.
0: Yeah. There's a couple uh, that I'll run through quickly. And one is, I already mentioned it with, with the shingles, but going, because I said, it's kind of superficially going more in depth into it. She was dealing with shingles for over 10 years. And as you can imagine through the allopathic system, they're trying any concoction of pharmaceuticals—it's like, oh, that didn't work this month. Well, let's you know increase this one, de- decrease this one, or take this one one out, add this one. And at best, they were—I wouldn't even say keeping things at bay because that's why she ended up seeing me for dry needling. Honestly, is I would do a full-body dry needling treatment, which are specific points in the body, homeostatic points, where kind of like acupuncture. Again, the most bang for your buck in these buck in these certain locations. And so I would do that to her about once every two to three months. And I did that to her for a couple of years because that was the only thing that could actually reduce and and eliminate her shingles. Because as you can imagine, she's waking up virtually every night with this burning pain. She can't sleep. And when you can't sleep, what does that do to your recovery system and your restorative system? I mean, it makes it even worse. It's a vicious cycle. So again, she was dealing with chronic shingles for, for 10 plus years i had helped her for a couple of years with dry needling, but then it got to this point where it's like, you know, I I like seeing you and I'm glad that dry needling helps, but what if you could be doing this treatment at home, this red light therapy, like what if it works and it eliminates it and then you don't have to see me, like you can just do it in the comfort of your home. It took me a while to suggest that to her because I didn't know how she was going to respond. It's like, I didn't want her to shell out a couple thousand dollars or, or, or so um, for something that wasn't gonna help, but she ended up taking the leap of faith based, based on you know some of the information I provided her, and like within a week she messaged me back and was saying that her shingles were eliminated, she could sleep fully during the night, she didn't need any of her drugs, and like I haven't seen her since, and you know in in a good way. It was that quick of a shift and that quick of a healing response. And another story I would bring up, and I've heard this from a couple of. Uh, a couple of people I think she's a naturopath over on the east coast she was doing full body red light therapy but she was dealing with chronic headaches and migraines I don't know for how many years but like maybe most of her life I don't know but she told me when she first started using her full body panel that when she could feel a headache or migraine coming on she would step in front of it and it would instantaneously go away and this would happen multiple multiple times she said like she, she knew she could go to her device turn it on and her headache or migraine would just evaporate. So that's a pretty extreme case, I would say, as far as something resolving that spontaneously, but uh, she no doubt felt it. Another person would be, they got in a car crash, dealing with like low back pain. They'd been doing physical therapy for several months. I think they had a surgery after the car wreck, and they were trying to do some PT to help with that. The PT was helping, but she reached a plateau where she was still having lots and lots of pain, so she tried to a full body panel where she couldn't sit or stand up. So she had the the panel horizontal on the ground and she would lay with her back to the panel. But within a couple of weeks, it's like that thing moved the needle so much, like she didn't need PT anymore. And she was more or less back to normal. I've seen multiple comments, whether it's on social media or uh, like YouTube or something where people are saying their eyesight has, and people later in life in their, in their fifties and sixties saying that, their eyesight has improved significantly after using red light for, for a couple of weeks. There's a lot. And I mean, I could probably look on, on uh, social media and find some more. But the point being, there's a lot of these anecdotal stories, like to your point, that are just very powerful and very real. And when you see people and hear about people getting real results with something as simple as light, it's, it's pretty, uh, it's hard not to get intrigued or interested by it.
1: And that's where I really, I wanted to just bring some awareness to, and the thing that it's so safe, right? Like we're not, we're not suggesting something that's going to have negative side effects. In fact, I would love to know too, what the application would be for children, because I know that red light therapy can be super effective for kids. And I actually, I remember my middle child, this was probably six weeks ago, but she she got, you know, what every parent and families probably had to deal with to some capacity or they kind of these respiratory viruses, whether it's RSV or something else. But they're 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 pretty gnarly, pretty aggressive. Uh, and she you know, got a fever. It was about one hundred and five. Like her fever got real high. And, you know, we work really hard to, you know, let her body do what it needs to. She's young. But the first thing I did was I took her over a a local area has a full body red light panel. And I made her like lay down. It's like this, you know, whole thing that encapsulates her. But, you know, she did 10 minutes in that. And I had her do that two different times. And we never had to give her fever reducers. Um, Mm -hmm. Her her body responded really well. We did, we nebulized a little bit too. And that kind of helped like with the lungs and inflammation. But the first thought for me was, Like where, what's a whole body way we can help support our immune system. And I thought that was a really cool application, but I'd love for you to shed some light. If somebody that is considering using a therapy like this, what is the application for other people in their house? Is it safe for kids? can kids utilize it. I mean, I, I did that, but I just want to, you're the expert in this. So,
0: well, I just want to piggyback on, on your story. There's like during a fever or during a sickness, what does your body need to heal? It needs energy. I mean, Yep. What better way to give your body some some organic energy than you know doing some red light therapy to optimize the mitochondrial health, and so people can take that that little snippet and like run with it with any type of healing or condition or, or something where where you need to heal. Well, you need energy to heal uh, properly, and we're I think we're so used to being deprived of energy that our healing processes have slowed down. But that slow down healing process is our new normal. So when we start using red light therapy, and it's like, whoa, that wound healed so quickly, or like, whoa, I got over that sickness so quickly. I think that's kind of like what our normal should be. But with our modern lifestyle, like you've alluded to is kind of um, nip that in the bud. But okay, back to your question. Yes, I'm glad you asked that. Because uh, red light therapy for not only for kids or infants is safe, but for pets as well. And I've used it on my dog numerous times. And they have mitochondria too. And So they're going to respond positively uh, to red light therapy. But I interviewed one of the top most photobiomodulation experts this past summer on my podcast. And I asked him the question, it's like, so if you have like a teenager or a kid or an infant, do you change the protocol based on body size? And he said, no, you keep the same protocol regardless of, of age or size, which I found kind of interesting. So whether you're treating, you know, an infant or, or an adult, like the protocols I provide in that ebook, apparently you can use them for, for across the the lifespan. Uh, but to answer your question, yes, it's safe for kids. They have mitochondria just like you or I, they're, they're going to respond similarly. And I think you can attest to that with your kid there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What is the difference between certain red light products that are out there because I I want to make sure we address this because I'm sure I haven't done this yet, but I'm sure you could go on Amazon or Google and start searching red light. And there's probably a number of things that'll pop up all over the spectrum in terms of price, but there's got to be looking at quality of efficacy and how therapeutic it actually is because there's, there's just so much that's out there. So if you're somebody that's maybe really interested in this and thinks this might be something that we can utilize in our home, you know, for a number of different reasons, what is it that people should be looking for? What questions should they be asking when they're looking at different red light products? What is your favorite? You know, I mean, I I love the little handheld. I know if you're just listening to this, um, you couldn't see, but he had a small, um, uh, like handheld device that um, he was kind of showing how you could use it on your head and on your abdomen, um, and I love that. I feel like I need one of those for my car. can <laughs> just sit in the car line, <laughs> wide. And, you know. I
0: know people that use it in their car. It's kind of funny.
1: <laughs> so great. So okay, walk us through that. Educate us a little bit on red light products and what we should be looking for. How we can kind of navigate that terrain.
0: Before we dive into that, let's let's also educate the audience on infrared Mm. therapy versus red light therapy because i think there's a lot of confusion and even like i mentioned to you i did a presentation over in italy last month on red light therapy and these are some some of the questions i was getting from them um this lady was asking me and you know you know like how do your products compare to you know this company's products um and what she was showing me was like an infrared sauna tent or like an infrared blanket and those are completely different than red light therapy. So, again, red light therapy encompasses red and near infrared, and I think that's where the confusion is. The near infrared, infrared saunas and like these infrared blankets or infrared therapy uses predominantly mid and far infrared light, okay. which that's that's where you get the heating effect, so to speak. And that's why that's why you're able to get that deep sweat because those those wavelengths are even longer, so they penetrate even deeper. Uh, But long story short, you're not going to get the same uh, modulated inflammation or especially the mitochondrial benefits from the mid and far infrared, maybe indirectly somehow, but that's where the red and near infrared light shines, uh, pun intended, I suppose, is is that mitochondrial health. So in a perfect world, people should be using both because they offer uh, such different health benefits. It's like comparing apples and oranges. It's not like one's better than the other necessarily. So I just want to get that out of the way. So when we talk about if someone's going to go on Amazon and type in like infrared light or infrared therapy, you're going to be looking at completely different uh, types of products or like different health benefits, so to speak. And another thing that I didn't touch on when I was talking about red and near infrared light is that, of course, red is red, meaning it's that visible red light. But um, so you can see those two rows that are on, right? Yeah. Well, the, the other two rows that look like they're not emitting anything, they're actually emitting near-infrared. Or even if I do, this is all near-infrared light. It's invisible. Wow. But just like in an infrared sauna, well, you yeah. don't see light, right? But it's producing heat. Well, this near-infrared light, if you had an infrared goggles on, and I've done this before, like with military-grade infrared goggles, this would be emitting light as bright as the red light. If that makes sense, so that's another thing I don't think people wrap their mind around is the infrared light is shining just as brightly as this. If that makes sense, you just can't see. So just keep that in mind. If people think like half their device doesn't work, that's probably because it's the near infrared that's that's shining out. So red's visible; infrared light is invisible. So back to your question about products specifically. Uh, a couple of metrics or variables people want to consider. Well, I guess first thing is like what size? And like you're talking about portability is a big factor. That's one of the couple of things I bring up uh, when people ask me that. So the two questions are how important is portability? And then secondly, how important is treatment size? Because some people, maybe they just want to treat their hip. They just you know finished hip surgery, or maybe they just want to treat their, their face or just their stomach i don't know um but maybe they they just want to treat a smaller area so you know okay that kind of dictates what size you need and then if portability is a factor well then you probably don't want a full body panel that you know is 20 50 pounds you have to lug around if you want to move places um whereas like the shine here the handheld device you can put it in your purse or you know stick it in your backpack and take it on the go i'm going to take it on all my um airplane travel too there's no issues carrying those on the airplane I
1: was going to ask that. I'm glad you say that because I'm thinking, gosh, I need that so bad. Yeah. And I'm wondering, I'm like, I wonder if you could take it on airplanes. So, okay. I
0: take it on my carry-on all the time and I've had zero issues. So so those are kind of the big factors when deciding like what size of device do you want? Again, portability, treatment size. And of course, you know me, if you have to choose one and you're just wanting to invest in in, in red light therapy, full body is the best bang for your buck and for your health. But then as far as product-specific variables, you want to look at light irradiance, which is how powerful is the light. And most companies are basically in the same range, anywhere from like 100 to 130. Much above that, I think, is excessive. And actually, the more I've read the research, especially um, the research research I had for my episode yesterday, especially for full-body lower much lower light irradiance is beneficial and interestingly i didn't have any idea about this research before i found it yesterday biolights newest product which is called the matrix which is a mat so you can roll it up take it on the go hang it on the wall lay on it uh, do yoga on it that has a very 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 low light irradiance it's like around uh 10 or 12 compared to most panels or even this device It's up at 100 but but this uh piece of research that looked at elite athletes and they were using similar to what i think your, your your kid was like a red light therapy bed where they would be in the bed for 20 minutes and they were trying to figure out what effect did it have on sleep and recovery and that red light therapy bed also used a light irradiance of around 12 milliwatts per centimeter squared so they're also using a very low and slow strategy with a red light therapy and the point being if it's higher light irradiance your window to hit your target dosage is much smaller because it's just like if you are to cook something on high heat in the microwave or in the oven, your chance of pulling out that food with the correct temperature is much smaller than if you are to do lower and slower. So same thing with, with with these full-body products that are lower light irradiance. I think that allows you to more easily and more likely hit your, your target dosage. But anyway, that, that's a variable to look at is, is the light irradiance. And then secondly... Um, a couple of safety measures hopefully the product or the company lists the emf emission um, because of course in this day and age that's important to not continue to bombard yourselves with that and then light flicker and i've seen a lot of companies recently say that their panels are flicker free and that's impossible that's not true because if it's plugged into electricity it's going to have at least somewhat... And same thing with EMF emission. If they say their panels are EMF-free or zero EMFs, that's impossible because if it's plugged into electricity, there's wow. going to be at least a little bit of EMFs and a little bit of light flicker. Uh, so, so just be aware of those kind of marketing tactics. And also the other marketing tactic related to light irradiance is companies seem to think that a higher light irradiance is better. And like I just spoke about, that's simply not true. You actually want to be within a certain range within the lower 100s, or if it's full body, you may want to even consider something that's way lower. Um, But a lot of companies like to tout that they have the highest light irradiance, and that actually makes the dosage tougher to attain, like I spoke about. So, And again, if if companies aren't even listing the EMF emission or light flicker, then you got to think they're not taking those safety metrics into consideration. Uh, But for the most part, Everyone's using the same light spectrum or light spectrum, meaning around 660 nanometers for red, 850 nanometers for near-infrared. Some companies are also integrating other um, shades of red, if you will, and other shades of near-infrared, which may or may not add to the effectiveness. I don't think I've seen any research on that, but there, there sure could be. Uh, so those are kind of the main things to, to look at, light irradiance. Light spectrum, pretty much everyone's got on point, but then the EMF emission and light flicker.
1: Those are great tips. I like the uh, the cooking analogy. It makes a lot of sense for the light radiance. So I'm glad you said that because that's not something... Actually, many of those points were not things that I would have considered. And I also didn't realize because I have seen... I, we have one small red light panel, um, but it is... I was like, every other row is on. And I'm like, yeah, what yeah. is that? And now it <laughs> clarifies it. I'm sure if I could have, if I would have taken the time to dig, I would have, you know, or like even just looked at the product stuff, I would have figured that out right away. But I just, I don't know why, and I was like, huh, that's so interesting. It's one of
0: those things. If you don't know, you don't know,
1: right? Right. Well, I I've taken away a lot from this episode. (laughs) That one really (laughs) solves a mystery. So thank you. (laughs) This has been a really fascinating conversation, and I love talking about natural therapies that are accessible for our audience, for every person that is looking to better their health. And the thing is, now we actually have access to these, like whereas before these kinds of devices didn't exist, but now we can learn about them, we can know how to use them and what they can do to help improve our health. So I hope that if anything, this conversation has served to just expose you to a therapy that may very well be something that could be super supportive for what it is that you're dealing with. And and I think that red light, again, is it covers such a spectrum of, you know, symptoms that present and problems and hurdles that people face within their health. And so know that this is something that, you know, if it resonates with you, I think explore it because it could be a practice that very well nourishes your body to a level that can really result in healing. And that's really the, the end goal. So, okay, well, Mike, tell us where people can find you and access your products because you're obviously incredibly knowledgeable. So you're somebody that I'm like, that's the red light guy. Like I need to. I'm like super interested in all the things. He, you can't see it right now, but he has like his little products, and I'm like, oh, this is so cool. <laughs> this is where I will literally be like, you know, just you'll find me. I will not care about my clothes, but when it comes down to all the health things, I'm like, yes, right, that. right. <laughs> so give us the rundown. People can learn more about you, the work you're doing, the products that you have, the resources, because sure. you are a wealth of knowledge. Plus, guys, he has a podcast. And it's I don't know, I start following his show, but I'm I'm like there's so many incredible interviews on here. And actually, so Dr. Motley, my co-host is not on this episode, but Dr. Motley and Mike our buddies, he did a podcast with him this past year. Um, and he said it was a great episode. So make sure you follow his podcast and go listen, especially to that episode. But there's probably so many others. If you're interested in this space that you could, you know, just learn all the things you need to know. So he's a wealth of knowledge, incredible person doing great things. So Mike, have the floor and let us know where, where
0: can we find you? And speaking about the podcast, like we talked about the importance of light entering the eye and the ramifications for your entire health. I would highly recommend people listen to those episodes and those are um, at the beginning of this year. So in January, but like, those are ones I want to go back and listen to just because the information is so impactful and powerful. I'm sure information people haven't ever heard but wow. but regardless um yeah to your point the red light report is my podcast where where I cover various research or information on red light therapy and then interview different health and wellness and longevity experts um in the field and and like I told you before I think we started recording Dr. Motley still to date is probably one of my top two favorite interviews I mean just the conversation we had was just fun and and enlightening I'm sure so yeah the red light report and then you can find me personally on Instagram at Dr. Mike Belkowski, and then the company is at biolite.shop, S-H-O-P. And that's also the website, interestingly enough, is biolight.shop, where we do have an array of products, the standard handheld device, and a tabletop device, and a full body panel, and then an extra large full body panel, and like I talked about Earlier in the podcast, we just released our newest product, which is a full body red light therapy mat so that you can sit on it, lay on it, uh, do your yoga stretches on it, roll it up, take it on the go. And then oral health devices, you know, a full red light therapy device. So, so the entire mouth guard is red light therapy. And then another device that where the top row is blue light. A, it's for whitening the teeth, but B, you actually get some gum health and antibacterial effects from the blue light. And then the bottom row is red and near-infrared light. So you do half the session there if you want, and you can flip it over, and then uh, the top will be bottom, bottom will be top. Uh, but you can also choose different light settings in that mouthpiece where you can do just blue light or you can do just red light therapy. So you don't have to do both of them every single time. Uh, and then the ebook, which is another good informational source, which is on the website, and it comes it's included with the purchase, purchase of any uh, BioLite product, but you can also purchase it on its own. Uh, So the PDF version is on the website. You can also get the Kindle version on Amazon. Uh, Again, it's called the Red Light Therapy Treatment Protocols eBook. And then, oh yeah, just the website in general. Uh, If you want to go learn about the information and the research behind Red Light Therapy, of course, the products are there. But on the top row, if you're on a computer or if you look at the tab uh, drop-down menu, you'll see a learn section where there's probably a couple dozen uh, health and wellness conditions where each page goes over red light therapy information and the research and so i liken the website to be as much of an educational portal as it is uh for for devices
1: well I, guys this is so helpful i hope that you've enjoyed this interview i know that i'm gonna go binge on a lot of your podcast episodes love meeting other people that are out there educating and empowering us so you're doing great work Um, Dr. Wilkowski, thank you for being our guest today, for sharing with us all things Red Light, uh, for sharing stories and testimonials and just helping us along our health journey. Make sure you go follow him, guys. If this episode has helped you, we love hearing from you. Tag us uh, at the Health Institute on Instagram. Send us a DM. Let us know how Red Light might be helping you. Make sure you tag him too. We like to reshare all this stuff and, and help other people along the way too. So Thank you guys for listening. We will see you on the next episode.